HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hi, this is Moby, and you're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. Welcome to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Today's show brought to you by 360 Cookware. 360 Cookware is top-of-the-line stainless steel cookware that is made in America and the greenest cookware manufacturing facility in the country. It can be used to make all your favorite recipes, but it also gives you the option to cook using vapor technology, which creates a seal that surrounds food with intense heat, locking in vitamins, moisture, flavor without added oil, fat, or excess water. Visit their website at 360cookware.com for more information. Today's show, The Men of Baked. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Lewis, Renato. Tell me your last name. Pogliafito. Sicilian? Yeah. 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 Wow. No, I didn't really know that. (laughs) I think one of you told me that. But it sounds amazing that you got that from my name. Um, If you've not been to Baked and... The website's bakednyc.com, correct? Yep. Yes. Uh, this cute little store in Red Hook. Uh, and by cute, I don't mean grandmotherly cute, because Matt sent no. me this uh, email about how Baked is really there to... Or anti-grandma, know. I guess. <laughs> well, not necessarily <laughs> grandma. The vision, the whitewash that grandma's behind an old stove with this stand mixer making all these delicious American confectionaries. It can be cool. It can be hip. It can be a really fascinating thing to make chocolate chip cookies, three-layer cakes. Um, Matt, also, in an email about his past, his uh, obsession with chocolate at breakfast and dinner, um, mentioned that he didn't even really know how to cook until he kind of met Renato. Um, 
But no, I'm not. Yeah, I don't really cook that much. I cook a little bit here and there, but it's mainly baking at the moment. Yeah, tell, tell them what your dishes are. Your saving <laughs> dishes. He's got like three that he can. They're pull all. Out. They're all. Uh, what are those called? Like the, the casseroles. The casserole. Yeah. yeah. Bakes. As it. Yeah. yeah. They're bakes. Yeah. Actually. yeah. You, can, you can open up a second casserole shop called Bakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that could be our third cookbook. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Um, what was fascinating too is that both Matt and Renato went to school and uh, worked in design. Matt going to the U, uh, University of Alabama, then came here worked theater advertising, internet production. Um, Renato went to school and then worked in print and online design. Um, then meeting at Dutch uh, oh, Deutsch. Deutsch advertising. Deutsch. Um, <laughs> What kind of work were you doing for that firm? I was uh, in production, and Nato was uh, art director, right? Yep. And um, so we interacted quite a bit. Like, I would, uh, was producing projects, and Nato was producing all the creative for it. And since it, it actually worked out really well, because Nato produces all the creative for Baked right now. Yeah. Which, since the beginning. Yeah, which is absurdly awesome. Well, I mean, uh, always just, you know, how a logo or, uh, you know, something emblematic draws you in. I mean... I already knew that I loved your desserts without ever tasting them by just seeing oh, awesome. how, how they were branded. Um, so in advertising, uh, why this fascination with chocolates? And Well, I don't even know if it was a fascination with chocolate. And not on I, you know, we've told a story basically that I think we both were somewhat, Nada definitely had a stronger coffee background and a stronger coffee obsession, but we both realized that desserts were going in a direction where it had that, sameness to it um all dessert shops were very cute somewhat feminine somewhat grandmotherly um somewhat like faux americana bs that doesn't really exist or maybe yeah. sort of existed well, like faux it wasn't like anachronistic 50s yeah, yeah like a norman rockwell <laughs> type yeah, of yeah. ideal and um i think that it was kind of doing a disservice to desserts at the time this was like the very beginning of the cupcake craze or maybe even predated the cupcake craze a What's little it, bit but like oh four oh five oh four or five before like cupcakes were just in every small town and every place in america and the whole idea was that you know, baking, American baking is very cool and very difficult if it's, you know, executed properly. And there's so much more to it than just a cupcake. And I think so we combine this whole idea of like, what if a bakery had a much more interesting design element as opposed to this kind of feminine grandma 1950s thing, and also incorporate the other desserts that are not as executed as well or as often as a cupcake, chocolate chip cookies, Brownies, Brownies. three-layer cakes, pies, pies, which are now apparently in vogue. Pies are the big thing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) pies are the new cupcake. Supposedly, I don't know what happened to the macaroon. We just lost the macaroon somewhere. What was? Who was it? Bon Appetit just mentioned that the macaroon is the new cupcake, but then there's somebody else saying pie is the new cupcake. Uh Wait, do you mean French macaroon or? Yes, yeah, French macaroon. Apparently, yeah. It's funny because I've come across that some Americans don't even know what that French macaroon is. Because of the more you know Jewish coconut macaroon, coconut. yeah, yeah. and a I big think confusion. yeah, they they kind of look like the you know the whoopie pie, which apparently also was everything's in the running right now. To take yeah, the place of the cupcake, <laughs> everything. But you guys aren't looking for the hot new thing. You're no. you're nope. You know, based in classic standards and reinventing 
how to make those the best way possible. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll always be making cupcakes. We'll always be making pies, whoopie pies, you know, where we can play with a macaroon here and there. Um, but it, it for us, it's not like this is the no, new hot thing. It's like we will make everything. We'll make it as, as delicious yeah. as possible and as great as we can. So, I mean, were you trying to change the aesthetic of these things, too? Or did you want them to be, uh, you know, resemble a chocolate chip cookie of your um, I think we some of the stuff we did change aesthetics. I think our cakes are very clean, modern looking, um, and there's not, you know, a whole other side to cakes, which I won't go off too much on a tangent. Is there's oh this, please do <laughs> there's this weird kind of obsession with people wanting cakes in the shape of things. Ugh. Um, and you know, like a Fendi purse cake. Uh, I don't know, a car, a cell phone, my baby, yeah. my baby. And, and I'm, of, a, I'm yeah, assuming my, you guys look at cake wrecks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I love cake wrecks. Yeah. And I actually don't think I have any. Uh, I don't know. I don't hate any of these like people that are doing sculpture cakes. I just don't want to eat any of them. So we've kind of gone away from that, and we tried to. Um, well, we we don't do it at all, actually. So we don't do any sculptural cakes. And we tell you know, like when I get a phone call from somebody who's like, never, you know, you'll get these calls that are like, oh, I went online and I saw your website, and you guys look like you taste good or whatever. <laughs> I want a cake in the shape of a stork because my friend's having a baby, and I'll be like, well, we don't do shaped cakes. <laughs> and you kind of have to train the customer, and you you kind of, I have a little spiel that I tell everybody. It's just like you know, we'll do three layer cakes. I mean. People who are used to watching, um, what's his face? Cake Boss. A- cake, no, no, Ace of Cake. Ace no, of Cakes. Ace of Cake and Cake Boss. You know, they'll see that these cakes are like easily, you can make them really fast or whatever. They're like, I'll need a shaped cake by Friday. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. And I think people are just getting used to that that's normal. And it's not. I mean, because those cakes take forever to make. By the time they're done, they probably don't even taste good. They you know, don't taste dry. Good. You know, half of it is like, you know, piping and Rice Krispie Treat. And, and I think it does a disservice to cakes in general. You know, yeah. we mentioned that, you know, I've never walked into a restaurant and said, I would like a steak, but I want it in the shape of a boat. <laughs> you know, so I think, but people feel they can do that with desserts. Yeah. I always thought Omaha steaks were in the shape of Omaha. But, or, <laughs> is this true? No, they okay. aren't. I just always thought that was the shape. Was of an Omaha the like itself. the shape of a steak? Actually, I'm yeah. not even sure what Omaha <laughs> it's the other looks way around. Like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to go back to actually your food training a little bit because this isn't all for naught. I mean, y- you did take classes at Comf Now Ice, and Renato of Sicilian background was <laughs> all I had to do was live at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you also worked um, for Jack and uh, Grace Lamb. I did way back when. Excellent. Uh, what, yeah. what? 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 Uh, they had um, one of their incarnations of one of their restaurants was a, a Blue Goose Cafe, which was this little kind of. It, it seemed like it was a little out of place in the East Village. It was this very kind of like um, wainscoted, light blue walls, you know, a really pretty little cafe. And what they would do is, which was a similar idea to Chocolate Bar, which is where what Matt was doing before Baked, they would get the best desserts from around the city and kind of bring them to this little cafe. And we'd serve coffee and some sandwiches. Um, so to kind of get my feet wet, I left the design world and managed that uh, location for about a year and then uh, after a year he said we're turning this into an oyster bar and I'm like well <laughs> oh so um, it's what Jack's Luxury Oyster Bar is now no 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 Jack's Luxury Oyster Bar this was the second incarnation of um, oh god what was it called Degustation uh, no how many did he have he had like four at one time yeah, yeah. and now it's the Oyster Bar Jewel Baco and, and Degustation De- yeah. Degustation is what uh, Blue Goose used to be. Gotcha. Um, which I believe is also an oyster bar of sorts, isn't it? Um, 
a French it, type it, of yeah. It's it's small plates, Spanish influence, but it's ever evolving. It's yeah. always changing. apparently Nato has not been back. Yeah, since. <laughs> I, have, I, I don't eat seafood. That's <laughs> I'll say it on the air. But um, uh, anyway, so I, after that, I was like, okay, well, I guess it's time for me to leave. And you know, syrup. Uh, uh, what is that word? Surreptitiously. Surreptitiously, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I called Matt and I said, oh, well, I'm leaving. Uh, I'm leaving uh, Blue Goose. They're they're closing it down. And he's like, well, I'm thinking of opening up a bakery. You want to open up a coffee shop? Do you want to kind of merge the idea together? It was like a rom-com. It was. <laughs> it was. We well, had... <laughs> right prior to that, Matt, you had Chocolate Bar. Um, I had Chocolate Bar, yeah, right in uh, 8th Avenue in the West Village and on the verge of Chelsea, I suppose. And it was, like Nato said, we tried to be the Barneys of chocolate. Yeah. We need to find all the really cool chocolate purveyors and... Um, that's how I started to meet people like uh, Andrew Schott and uh, Jacques Therese. And, um, but I wasn't really happy because I wasn't producing anything on my own. Yeah. So I got, you know, kind of obsessed with this idea of producing stuff on my own. And that's how I guess, you know, baked came up in my head anyways. So classes at Comf. Classes were great. I actually took, you know, I didn't leave. I was too nervous and, you know, I was too happy with my income from the ad agency to just say, I'm not going to do this at all anymore. Um, I just took night classes. Actually, one of my teachers was Nick Melgeri, which was really cool. That's a wonderful teacher. Yeah, yeah. really awesome. <laughs> um, and the night classes, I, I thought, you know, I'm not sure what the entire program looks like if you take the regular class, but the night classes were really fantastic, really hands-on, um, really involved. It didn't feel like it was... Um, uh, I don't know what the nice word for. I, I, it didn't feel like it was BS. Nice words, you know, yeah. I, it, it didn't feel like it was one of those things where people come in and get drunk and yeah. say they had a great time. <laughs> I actually followed a couple of the courses and I got very, very interested into it. Um, in it, uh, and I love that you know they weren't just teaching at the time. There is definitely a French technique taught at almost all the dessert um, or pastry classes. But they were very open to interpretation. Yeah. So prior to that, you didn't know like ganache and glace and... I, I knew basics because I'd always been baking. But no, I didn't really have a, a huge background before that. Yeah. And though, Renato, you managed uh, front of the house, did you ever have any experience in the back of the house? Not until we opened Baked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I got a lot of experience really, 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 really fast. Quick. Yeah. yeah. And what were some of the first products that you had... Uh, the cake line was the, I remember, I mean, it was Diner Double Dark, Malted, Lemon Drop, uh, and then... Um, Just a couple, like oh, six and the red velvet. cakes. Yeah, yeah, Red Velvet. And then we had the classic birthday cakes, the carrot cake. Uh, the Brownies were a big thing. Brownies, we had the spicy, the regular. Um, we had a couple of bars, uh, the baked bar, which doesn't exist anymore. Right. Um, what was the baked bar? R.I.P. It, it was too was, sweet. It was too sweet for us. I mean, we had it for a couple of years and people kind of got angry, but it was like a, 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 a sugar massive seven-layer bar, like a magic bar. Yeah. Um, and it was just so. It was just everything that we could find was in it. <laughs> um, I mean, butterscotch chips, chocolate chips, coconut, condensed milk, you know, it was, it was too much. It was too much. So we kind of just said, there were a couple of, there's a couple of graveyard We should have a desserts. graveyard, yeah. yeah. Just okay. littered with a few desserts that didn't, you know, work for whatever reason. We yeah. did have one cake that we started out with uh, called the uh, Chubby. Chocolate Chubby. The Chocolate Chubby, <laughs> which was a lard-based chocolate cake. Um, hmm. It was pretty awesome. It yeah. was delicious. Why, why is, I mean, this is... I think the year of cooking with lard. Um, we should you know, it it's funny. I think people, and I, I could be wrong, but I think in their head, psychologically, lard 
if you're eating it with, you know, I don't know, bacon or, or, or however you're, you know, utilizing the lard. And a savory dish. In oh, a yeah. savory dish. People are like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I just fried s- 20 pounds of chicken in lard. So. <laughs> so when you, you know, actually put it into a cake for some weird reason, they have this uh, kind of gross reaction, which... I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have called it chocolate chubby. Yeah, but I, I mean, know. at but, the know, same time, so many pie crusts uh, have leaf lard in them. Yeah, so. right. And and people are that you know a lot of people say that's the best way to make a pie crust, which may or may not be yeah. true. However, the chocolate chubby, I loved it. I think it was more intense. I, I think it, the chocolate flavor shined through a lot more than an all butter cake. It did not take off. <laughs> at I'm going yeah. to expect to see that though in 2011. The, <laughs> I the think revival. So. I think it was like a sign of the times, though. I think okay. it was too, it was too soon. Too, too early. soon. We'll bring now it out I for bikini season. <laughs> <laughs> um, so aside from all those things that didn't necessarily make it, is everything else on your menu kind of been there from day one? No, no, no. I mean, we've had our we've had our initial ones, but we're always kind of evolving the menu. We're always kind of bringing in new cakes. Uh, new bars. Um, but we have know. a lot of old standbys that have been there since day one and are still there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, a, a lot of our kind of like our classic line of cakes, is, you know, have not changed. Um, a couple of our bars, our brownies haven't changed. Our cookies haven't changed. But we'll always add on or like pull. Like we had a peanut butter cookie, let's say, that we opened with. We don't serve that anymore, but we'll have like a cookie of the month. And it um, might have peanut butter in it or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it seems like you have a lot of bases and foundations, be it chocolate, be it peanut butter being malt <laughs> et cetera, to build off of but i also want to talk about the building we're going to take a quick break and then come back and discuss the aesthetics of baked oh perfect um, as you've already heard of all the delicious ingredients you're listening to the food scene on heritage radio network.com we'll be right back <laughs> food scene uh, today matt and renato of bakednyc.com one of the quaintest cutest most delicious little i don't even know what to call it it's not a it's a coffee shop it's a cookie shop it's not a patisserie no no, no, no. no we're not a patisserie yeah. it's a bake shop with a cafe yeah yeah um in red hook brooklyn on van brunt street uh we were just talking about the ingredients uh, be it chocolate be it peanut butter be it malt um, but let's talk about the aesthetics because uh, from the design background, uh, when you walk into that shop, you obviously see that there's some visual savvy. Um, the Thanks. first uh, receptor is orange caulk on the walls between the uh, white tiling. Um, where did you come up with these kind of visual identities and concepts? 
Well, you know, we worked with a great uh, design team, um, uh, Hive Mind Design. Uh, I think they're I don't they're no longer based out of Williamsburg. I think they're upstate New York now. Um, but when we initially met with them, the whole idea, you know, we kind of expressed to them, no grandma's kitchen, none of that. Um, our aesthetic is modern, is clean. We were thinking Alpine Lodge. We were thinking Ski Lodge. We were thinking something along that vein with uh, element, uh, with flourishes, like, you know, little floral elements, like kind of dainty things, um, but still kind of on the masculine tip. Uh, and then, you know, coincidentally, Matt's colors, my colors that we really love to work with are browns and oranges and kind of like warm, warm tones. So when we came up with the designs, it was it just made sense. It was so clean and cool looking, um, almost like like a Japanese type of boutique, very minimal. Um, and then we just kind of went with it. And, and the rest of the design kind of played out as we went along, like the orange uh uh, the grouting on the tiles, yeah. uh, you know, created by just, you know, adding orange coloring to the grout, you know, to kind of create that. Uh, the antler theme kind of evolved as we built it out. Yeah. And what is it, that a jackalope or is it like, what is there an oh, animal associated? There, there are two, um, there are two stag heads on either side. Those are wrought iron that uh, the designer happened to find at an estate sale upstate. Then we had them powder coated white. Um, the subway tile was something that we just decided to work with throughout the kitchen because it was clean, easy to maintain. Um, the wood wall, just, you know, instead of just doing kind of like paneling, we just went the other way um, to work uh, to work with that and just did this whole expanse. Uh, a lot of people in the beginning didn't get it. They were like, why do you have this giant bare wall? And we're like, it's, you know, it's people not, People like wanting yeah. to put up art. Yeah, yeah they were like, like can, can we... I put up my artwork? I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> this is allowed. artwork. This yeah. is, this is the artwork. <laughs> Um, and then the mirror behind the bar, people always like, you know, mention that or get excited about that. Uh, that was, it's actually just uh, brushed steel that's been laser, uh, cut with like a, a water jet. Or a laser, yeah. some weird thing. Somebody keeps telling us it's from a, a NASA laser or something. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a place actually in Red Hook. In Red Hook, I've yeah. heard of this. Uh, yeah. Liberty Tool, yeah. yeah. Uh, or Linda, Linda tool. Linda that's tool. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, they designed that for us. And, and so the stag theme kind of evolved. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the store that way, and those kind of like found looking wooden tables. Oh, that is those are awesome. Yeah, those were made for us by say their um, uh, hive mind. That's kind of their their calling card are those kind of like uh, really raw thick. edge yeah. tables. So we had those, and those actually came a little later on because by the time we opened, we ran out of money. <laughs> so we had these little bistro tables with um, outdoor garden chairs, like wrought iron garden chairs with like little flowers and everything. We had those powder-coated orange. Yeah. And uh, so we had these like little tables. And they then were after, terrible. They were horrible. And then after a couple of years, we're like, you know what, we have to get these banquettes in here. Yeah. So we had them built, and uh, he came back in and finished them up for us. Um. So speaking of it being, you know, partial coffee shop with those banquettes, it's so damn comfortable to, yeah. to make it cozy. Yeah. Effect. Plunk yeah. on down. And I love the idea that you, you tried to pull from chat, uh, chalet, you know, yeah. like ski house, but it feels more like the outdoor brought indoor um, yeah. rather than the shelter from, you know, the, the snowy cold to Brooklyn streets that are abound <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, do you look to expand the shop? Um, I know you have one in North Carolina, but oh, I mean, South Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina yeah. sorry. Uh, um, do you look to expand the shop into other locations? And how do you carry that aesthetic uh, to, you know, 
tertiary. Uh, it's tough. I mean, we are our second location is similar, right, Nato? It's not an exact replica of the first it, location. It echoes the first location. It's just a little brighter and bigger. Yeah, and, and, you know, and if people are like unaware in terms of the actual economics of building, when you have a, a, a good thing, the idea is to replicate it almost down to a T, so you don't keep spending the same amount of money yeah. working with your architect and designers. We have a hard time doing that, I think, that we want... <laughs> we love to of, spend money. We yeah. love to spend money. money we like we it to have. be original yeah. and different in every location. And also, we don't want it to ever feel like it's um, easy to get to. Red Hook, for all intents and purposes, yeah. is not super easy to get to. Um, I like the fact that we're kind of destination-based. And I think, if, you know, we definitely want to open up other locations. But we don't want it to be... I mean, you won't see us probably on Fifth Avenue this year. Yeah, no. And wh- <laughs> why, why South Carolina? Uh, South Carolina, oddly, that I had family down there, and now they're not there. But um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a beautiful shop, and it, the city's beautiful. And if anybody has a chance to get down to Charleston, it's worth. It's a good food city too. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Great. It's like the best place to get grits in the world. I want grits. <laughs> um, so, are you looking for more satellite cities? Um, be it maybe like Portland, Oregon, or Chicago, or but you know on the uh, exactly outer on the, yeah. yeah yeah Chicago is is definitely super high on the list. I would love to open in Portland. Port- yeah, not as obsessed with Portland. Portland. What about internationally, like Montreal, Toronto, uh, Toronto. <laughs> we love Toronto. Yeah yeah yeah. Toronto was really cool and um, well received in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, people like us. We're big in Canada. We're huge in Canada. <laughs> We're big in Canada. That's a great T-shirt to have. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so talking about being able to replicate um i mean because the shapes and uh, the actual aesthetics of the cookies and the cakes aren't super outside of the box um what makes baked yours those flavors those recipes well i mean i think if you've been you know i i think it's really quality number one uh we use the highest quality ingredients but also I, i think people assume and i've been telling people this for years that Chocolate chip cookies and brownies are really easy to make because you see them everywhere. The problem is 90% of them are terrible. They taste disgusting. I, I think, you know, the actual chocolate chip cookie recipe, the Toll House one, if you don't follow it correctly, and there's even things left out of that recipe that would make it a perfect cookie each yeah. time, um, you know, and a lot of people won't follow it. Um, and a lot of people don't put as much care into a chocolate chip cookie or a brownie, but we do. And, you know, I think that's kind of what elevates us. I can tell when somebody's made something. I mean, especially chocolate chip cookies and brownies, because that's kind of my obsession. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, I'm rambling, but yeah, quality, I would say, probably puts us out out, out there. Would yeah. you say time as well? Because I, I just recently made your grasshopper bars uh, from your new cookbook <laughs> yes. uh, for Christmas. And I mean, it is a lengthy process, but it's really the lengthy. product that you get afterwards is spectacular. And I wouldn't you know have I, I don't feel like i wasted my time making those because i was so happy to have them afterwards yeah but, definitely time and I, I mean and that's a perfect example the base is essentially a brownie crust yeah um which i think we actually had a this is another great dessert that we had that we killed and i'm not sure why we killed it it was a almost like a raw brownie based cheesecake do you remember that oh what happened to that <laughs> do you want me to tell this no air the grievances <laughs> now <laughs> It was it was just something that it was uh, born from a mistake. I'll just leave it at that. That yeah. cheesecake came from an error. And that's why we had extra brownie. And, you know, <laughs> we're just like, we'll make cheesecake out of it. So it was really good. Yeah. But that kind of and, you know, so we take those things that are, you know, staples like brownies, cookies and apply them in other aspects. But it's, it's not necessarily like a new form of a cookie shape or size or anything. Yeah. I mean, talking about the retro, let's talk about, well, 
both cookbooks, but most specifically your new one, Baked Explorations, which draws from Americana, uh, something right. you're pseudo-pushing against, to <laughs> recreate new ideas. Uh, the grasshopper, creme de menthe, the staple cocktail, you know. Of, oh, the grasshopper drink, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And which, which I... I sadly love, and um, you know we, I do too. Don't worry. Yeah, about we have creme de menthe every uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, do you really? Well, we my girlfriend makes this thing with marshmallows and creme de menthe and Oreos, so it's like a really crappy knockoff of your grasshopper, oh, but it's oh. so damn addictive I'm and it's sure. so lovely. So seeing that, we had to make it for Christmas <laughs> holiday party, and it came out spectacularly. Oh, cool! But the rest of the book too is just fascinating because it's using uh, very known ideas uh, like the malted waffles and couple of those other things but orchestrating them in these fascinating you know uh you know ways these symphonies um how did you differentiate this new book from your last cookbook well the first book is really just uh pretty much pulled from the bakery uh baked it was almost i would say what 80 percent natto of everything in the 80 book? and then 20 percent of stuff that we would either like to make at the bakery or stuff that you know was in our kind of personal repertoire and then the second book was based around Nato and I did a really cool book tour, which was awesome that our publisher thought high enough of us to send us around. And when we would go around to these places, we would ask, you know, this is the best part about being in the business yeah. and you're eating all the time. Like, you know, what's the bakery we should go hit? What is the local favorite? Because there's still local favorites, even though, you know, there's this homogenous American yeah. concept. But um, And what recipes do you miss? Haven't you seen in a long time? You know, what would you like us to? Yeah, we got a bunch of crazy stuff, but such uh, as what? Well, uh, Jello salad, yeah. which uh, you know, we were the only people on earth, I guess, who hadn't heard of Jello. I didn't hear of Jello salad until the really. Yeah, no, I, I always got it confused with ambrosia salad. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know what was what. I didn't grow up with any of those things. Yeah. So, but we probably got about two billion Jello salad recipes. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their own version too. So the you know the unique thing about Jello salad, I won't stay too long on Jello salad, but uh, there's a different recipe for each part of America. Yeah, and it's kind of cool. Just to see that, you know, um, or everybody thinks their own grandmother invented Jello salad. It's very strange, but um, yeah, or they had different names for it or whatever, and, you saw- know, and like lots of great regional recipes, like uh, you know the black and white cookie, yeah, you know, which is pretty much a northeastern thing. I mean, you can kind of see it in other big cities now. Like we saw it in L.A., we saw it in Texas. But a lot of people really don't know what it is unless they've seen Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's no, it. it's that- funny. Uh, I grew up in New York, so I grew up eating those, but then. A lot of people, I do have to reference Seinfeld uh, yeah. for them to understand it. Um, totally. the only thing they or upstate, about. they call them half moons. Half, yeah. 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 I mean, whoopie pies, too, are regionally New England. Yep. I know, but I feel like whoopie pies are taking off a lot, lot faster than black and whites. So I feel like whoopie pies are well-known everywhere now. I mean, I yeah. saw them in London last year. Interesting. That's yeah. crazy. So are you looking to do black and white cookies at the shop um, or things like seven up cake which i haven't seen in a while like these very funny um, well we have our root beer bun we have our coca-cola cake we have a burnt sugar bun cake we, we probably won't do seven up i mean you never know you never know yeah you i want to do know. a cherry coke cake yeah but um uh yeah and I, I mean the black and white cookies kind of like make an appearance every now and again like we brought them in for halloween you know we kind of truth be told some of our chefs hate making them yeah <laughs> it's it's hard to convince our chefs to be like can you make this long arduous dessert for us <laughs> yeah and sell just it for fun and make it all the time so yeah speaking of time um the brownies themselves don't take that long to actually put together um and 
they're fantastic and cool. i did under bake in the uh, grasshopper <laughs> bar to make it that much more sumptuous and gooey and cool delicious um but you guys are coming out with box mixes soon i heard came out yeah they came, came out, out yeah. Just, yeah just recently um william sonoma approached us and we were over the moon because we william sonoma so i mean thomas keller's in there yeah sprinkles um i think bobby flay has a line in there i could be wrong but um we were happy to be put on the same, I guess, pedestal as them. And they actually, uh, you know, t- whatever anybody thinks of a big corporate behemoth, they've actually been really amazing in letting us uh, drive the quality, the ingredients. And they are very anti-non-clean recipes, meaning they try to avoid additives, preservatives. Yeah. And actually, they wouldn't let us use some things because of that, which we were totally fine with. What did they eliminate from the recipe? You know, when you deal with malt um, in the non-liquid form and you go to a powdered form, there's so many different variations. Uh, there's diastic and non-diastic. Yeah. It gets really, really complicated, but um, there's a lot. It's very hard to find a malt powder that's organic. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think King Arthur is the one we're using. Um, yeah. And they, they actually, and theirs is delicious, but it's not... Because do malt, most people just get like Nestle's and... Uh, Carnation. Carnation. Carnation, yes. Carnation, yeah. which is not organic. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, but they really were... You know they're they're going in that direction of organic food. It was cool. great to work with them. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys use malt syrup or the liquid form more we than you use do? All forms. Uh, we get our malt from this place in New Jersey. That's it's called malt products. <laughs> malt. That's what they're called. <laughs> Apropoline. Yeah. And uh, it's very you know. So we have that which is the liquid malt, and then we use a non-diastic and a diastic at the shop for different. And the difference between those two. Well, I, I would say, you know, the, the main one, the, the biggest one, if you're just thinking in terms of taste, the nine diastic is what you think of when you think more malty. Yeah. Um, but the other ones can be used in conjunction with like baking powder, baking so differently. So we just, I guess we play around with it. And we're, we're actually, there's no science behind our creations. <laughs> Um, we just kind of throw things in and see what it's, works. It's the whimsical approach. It's the whimsical approach. <laughs> well, Whimsy has definitely produced some wonderful products, and I can't wait to see what happens in 2011 and in the future for Baked and NYC. Can we? Um, yeah. Well, I know. We're kind of nervous ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. Can you give us a, maybe one or two previews of new products or ideas that may flourish? <sighs> well, I guess we'll knock on wood. We're still hoping for a Manhattan location. Yes. And we're kind of like instead of you know actively saying no, we're yeah. just passively not saying, saying yes. Yes, we're passively <laughs> saying yes now. And there's a small, well, I guess fifty-fifty chance we might go to Tokyo and do something. Yeah, that's yeah. A, I've heard cool. that's a nice little city, right? Yeah, yeah. something <laughs> just back and forth on a weekly basis. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, just pneumatic tube system, <laughs> just a ship. Um, wanted to thank the both of you so much for coming on. Thanks thank for having you. us. And, um, if you've not been to Baked in Red Hook, please go or check out both cookbooks, Baked New Frontiers in Baking and Baked Explorations. Those grasshopper bars are to die for. Um, once again, Matt Renato, thank you for so much being on uh, the, the food scene. Our Thanks pleasure. for having us. Thank you. Um, you've been listening to the food scene on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Thanks again to 360 Cookware for sponsoring and executive producer Jack Inslee. Hope to have you back here next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Cheers. Cheers.